1: On. We'll talk about it in the podcast. Is this is the podcast. Are we podcasting? No, no. We're podcasting. We're now. podcasting. Are we? All right. Here we go. This is it. I can feel the music. More in focus. the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. I feel charmless today. How about you? <laughs> Right, have we started? This is it. We've started. I think we're in. We're in. We're in. We're in. Maureen, I wanted to talk to you because you were wearing some glasses just then. They made you look very sophisticated. They're a bit ski-whiff because I bent one of the arms. I don't know if you noticed. Ski-whiff, is it? Yeah. Is it skew-whiff or is it ski-whiff? (laughs) Ski-whiff. I mean, we could say ski-whiff. Who was looking for their glasses the other day? Oh, this is hilarious. I was looking for my glasses. Ages, ages. Four days. I couldn't find my glasses, right? Four days. Hello, ladies. So I've been wearing these. <laughs> I remember those. There's no arm. One of them's missing an arm, so they're just resting. One side, no arm. Yeah. And in fact, I've done quite a lot of Zoom calls with these glasses, and no one's commented on the fact that at some point my glasses would just go completely ski-whiff, Maureen, just to <laughs> just, just so you understand what I'm saying. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, I kind of like decided that Chloe had hidden them. Yeah. I was passive aggressively going, well, <laughs> somebody's put them somewhere. I was going, I haven't put them anywhere. I haven't seen them. I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, well, somebody likes to tidy things up. And then anyway, while Maureen was here, isn't it great, Maureen, that you were able to witness this? I found them and they were in a glasses case on my bedside table the entire time. <laughs> and the reason why I hadn't found them is because they were exactly where they were supposed to be. And my brain couldn't even <laughs> go there, go, what, in the place they're supposed to yeah. be? So when I went, oh, I'll just check and see if they're in... Oh, they are. They've been in there the whole time. So, the one time I put them where they're supposed to go, and I don't believe
3: that I've done it. So, I think I've lost them.
1: <sighs>
3: but I understand that it happens to me a lot. If I, you know, sometimes I look for something and then they're in where they should be, it's the last place look, I look. I've just
1: seen Alison's face there, and there's that is the face of a woman that's like, I don't know what you are talking about. <laughs> Because I am so very, very tidy. No,
2: no, no, no. You lie. I believe things have places. Yeah, I believe things have places. And if they go to the right places, you'll probably always find them. But it's very interesting that you tell me this story because Danny and I, exactly the same. I tend to tidy and he gets very frustrated because when I tidy, sometimes I put things in the most appropriate place. Sure. Uh, But then I just forget to tell him what the appropriate place is. And then things go. And he's like, it's just you move things. And I was like, I don't move things. You move, move things.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alison, me and Jen have spent three blissful days together at her house.
2: I am jealous you guys got to be in physical. Well,
3: Maureen's in my bubble now. Or I'm in
1: her bubble. <laughs> That's nice. I mean, I didn't want to let her in, but she, she burst it and there we are. We've disinfected
3: the house. It was quite funny because Jen came in from a gig and me and Chloe were obviously having a good old net so She went, hello, wives. <laughs> Just acknowledging what was happening in the room. That's so
2: nice. <laughs>
3: I had to watch Jay go makeup shopping, which was hilarious. Oh,
2: please tell me. Yeah, you guys told me you were gonna go makeup shopping.
3: Of course, now if you if you get any
1: studio work or TV work or whatever, normally you would have a makeup person doing your makeup.
2: I wouldn't know, Jay. I was just gonna say, I would love to be shopping for makeup.
1: Yeah. That somebody else pays for. Yeah. Okay, I know. I mean, all of this is wasted on me, obviously.
2: No, no. Continue on with your story. Um okay.
1: Well, oh God, this story is dull, Alison. Basically, makeup artists can't put makeup on your face. They can only tell you how to put it on, right? Okay. So she was like, what makeup have you got? And I went, I have... um, Lip gloss. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And a mascara. I think I have a mascara in my drawer. No, no mascara. (laughs) I've got some lip gloss. I said, I
1: think I've got some tinted moisturiser somewhere. She went, okay, that's not going to work. You've got to go to MAC. And I went, oh, that sounds expensive. She said, you've got to get yourself a foundation, a concealer, a powder, a lipstick, a mascara. And then something to brush my eyebrows with. I was like, oh, this just sounds horrific. So I went, I obviously took Maureen because Maureen was like, I I don't want to miss this. (laughs) I said, well, I'll just go on my own. She went, no, 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 no. I'm coming. I'm coming with you. And I'm going to video it. I'm seeing this. (laughs) Anyway, so I went, we bought all the makeup, it took forever. I go to the counter. Wait,
2: do they put the makeup on you in the place? No. No. No, that was oh. the other thing. They're not allowed to oh, do that. Oh, they can't. That's
1: right. No, exactly. Yeah. So there's a bit on a the tissue. Then I had to put it on my face. And then I had to say to Maureen, do you think that or that one? And Maureen would go, that one. And then the makeup artist would go, definitely not that one. And I'd go, right, Maureen, I'm sorry but you have been <laughs> vetoed. To be fair to Maureen, she very quickly went, do you know what? Why are you even asking me? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I go to pay. It's however much it is, a ridiculous amount of money. But it's okay, because the production company are paying for it. We walk out, and like, I cannot believe you've got all that makeup. I mean, that is just unbelievable. And I went, I know, and went to look for it, and I'd left it at the counter. <laughs> 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 so I was like, oh, It's 120 quid. See you later. It's 120 pounds. No, I'm not paying for it. So if I had had to pay for that, I'd have been like, I don't think so, love. would have been like, mm, where's your lip gloss section? I've got to say, it's really good gear though. When you stick it on, I can now see the difference of good makeup and the cheap stuff that I have used in the past. It's actually made me look all right. Anyway, Alison, what have you been
2: up to? How's the pup? Well, he is sitting behind me right now and he is asleep. He's such a good pup. No, that's not true. He's not perfect all the time. He's a little bitey right now, I'm not gonna lie. He's teething. (laughs) So that's a downer. Okay. So he's
1: just kind of chewing on stuff. Is he biting you? Is he just buying things that you love? Yeah.
2: He likes chewing on the hands, but I've read a lot that they're just figuring out like how hard they can bite. It's how puppies play. Okay. But you know, he's getting bigger and stronger. So yeah. Yeah. It's just when they're like, how hard can I play? Oh, that's too hard. hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's too hard. But it's, it's been, it's been great. But that is my life completely within a month. It's uh it's early mornings guys. I thought as an early morning person, I would get more done. I just want to say, I think that whole theory is bullshit. Everyone. I, I think those of you that are up in the morning, you know what you do? Faffing in the morning is what you do, as opposed to when I faffed at midnight. Yeah, So that's the thing.
1: I think people that get up that are like, oh, I'm a morning person. You go, what time did you go to sleep? They're like six o'clock. And you're like, well, there you go. So you've been asleep for like 19 hours before you woke up. I'm not a morning person. I don't like to go to bed too early. I'm not as late as Maureen. Maureen will be up at four in the morning going, should
2: I go to bed now? That was me. That was me, Maureen. That's what I'm talking about. When I get up, I'll call you. <laughs> you could give me a call because I'm usually up really late at
3: night. I had to
1: get up really early this morning and that was at four o'clock this morning and Maureen heard me go. So <laughs> I was still awake. I was still awake. So there we are. That's Maureen's clock and my clock. We're at different times. But I do appreciate what you're saying. Morning people can go fuck themselves, yeah, can't
2: they? Yeah, they're so smug. They just want to be smug. Yeah, go and smug off somewhere else, you big. Mm-hmm.
1: Pe- poo mm-hmm. face,
2: But to all of our morning listeners, oh, you are the exception to that rule. Yeah, we love you. not you guys. Not you guys. I hope you're up in the morning listening to us. I love you. Imagine
1: if this was the first thing you listened to in the morning. What an absolute horror show.
2: And I'm like, <laughs> you know what, those assholes that are. No, I love you. I love you. Every <laughs> single one of you. I apologize. I'm in your world now. I don't know why. It's just I've been forced into it by my own choice. Yeah, Yeah. Well, anyway, look,
1: we're here. We're doing this. So let's bloody well do
2: it. Let's do it.
3: I'm going to close my internet. Don't close my internet, Maureen. <laughs> I'm at my email. Maureen switches it off at the wall.
1: I haven't put any makeup on. Oh, for fuck's sake, Maureen, it's a podcast. Get a grip. We might have to push your boundaries out of it, Okay. <laughs>
3: let's find out what's been your hashtag be more Maureen this week hashtag be more Maureen this is story I've been telling for ages I, I just take singing lessons and at one point the guy went oh we're going to go to this guy's house uh, he's a director it's a very nice house quite posh and we were having a singing lesson and then I met the director and for some reason I assumed he was like Amdram director. I didn't think he'd be like an important director. I thought he'd just be some Amdram director or something. Don't know why I assumed that, but I did. Anyway, I met him, had a bit of a laugh, had a bit of a coffee and everything. And then I said, oh, are you directing anything at the moment? Thinking he said, an inspector calls at the local church or something. And he went, spend, spend, spend. So basically, I've been telling the story for ages. I was in Sam Mendy's house. Was it?
1: Was it Sam Mendy's house? (laughs) So this is the story that Maureen has been telling me. For years. For years, okay? And I was like, I can't believe that you're in Sam Mendy's house. I mean, that is crazy. I didn't know. But Maureen, were you in Sam Mendy's house?
3: Well, the thing is, I thought, you know what? Just because I'm saying this on on a podcast, I better check my facts. And it turns out it wasn't Sam Mendy's, it was Jeremy Sam's. (laughs) Literally been telling that story for years. But there was a Sam years, in the name. I just got the wrong director. That you have been in Sam Mendy's house. I mean, like, I have heard
1: that story. I don't know half a dozen times. I have heard Maureen tell it a dozen times more to other people. You never believe this, but I did this. to did It's Sam Mendes. And then the other day, Maureen went. You know that story about
3: Sam Mendes? I was like, yeah. She went.
1: It wasn't Sam Mendy's house. I was like, this is an absolute classic. Maureen. The guy who directed
3: Spend um, Spend Spend Spen was Jeremy Sam's. I was like, oh, then it must have been his house. <laughs> So my claim to fame wasn't even a claim to fame.
1: Cursory Google
3: would have told you that. <laughs> but do you know what? I think I might just carry on saying it, Sam Bendy's because it's a better story that way, isn't it?
2: It is a better story. I like that we've discussed it on a public, public forum. forum. Yeah, yeah. just just keep saying Sam.
3: <laughs> I don't want to upset you girls, but there may be people out there who don't listen to I don't to believe us. that for two <laughs>
2: seconds.
1: <laughs> There's literally nobody that doesn't listen to this that you're ever going to have any contact with, Maureen. So <laughs> it's actually an even better story now, Maureen, because this just really is absolute classic. Do you know
2: what'll happen? If you keep telling that story, this is what happens, you put it out into the universe, one day you're going to end up at a party.
1: With Sam Mendes.
2: At his house.
1: Telling the story about the time that you weren't at his house.
2: <laughs> I was, I've been saying I've been at your house for years.
3: Everyone thinks this already happened. But look, yeah. I was kind of right. There was a Sam in the name. It's Jeremy Sam. Yeah, and you were in a house. So, strictly speaking, well, both directors. Yeah. So, you
1: know. There was a house, there was a Sam, there were directors. I, I love your logic, Maureen. Yeah. Loving your logic. logic.
2: I love it. I love the way your brain works. Every day I learn a little bit more and I'm like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the gym, get it together, pay. And stop eating chips Take my advice Take my advice Cause I ain't using it No, no No, no no. Take my advice, I ain't using it
1: Better together Pay your taxes
2: And jump your (laughs) jerk Uh, It's so fun, thanks guys Thanks, guys. Take my advice. I ain't using it. This week's, and I love this one, kind of what we were just talking about. My partner is very messy. Since lockdown, it's been a problem. How do I cope with this? Okay. Mm. Well,
1: um, I mean, that's not something I uh, <coughs> would know anything. But carry
2: on, Alison. <laughs> Uh, so, yes, yeah, so living with a messy partner. Obviously very common because I was just speaking about it. Jen was just speaking about it. I have the opposite problem because I always seem to be attracted to tidy men. You you are the messy partner, Maureen, is the thing. Yeah. It's not your fault. It's just you are the messy partner in the relationship. I mean, it is
1: her fault, but, yeah, carry on.
2: <laughs> I don't think messy attracts messy. It would never work. You know, nothing would get done. I think it has to be messy attracted to tidy, so. Oh, can I just say there was one exception when I
3: had a guy who was messier than me. And I couldn't stay in his flat. It was that bad. And I remember complaining to my best friend. I said, that, you know, it was half eaten sandwiches were everywhere, uh, cigarette butts were everywhere. And he went, well, more, and you don't smoke and you never leave anything half eaten. So you're two up on him already. So
2: that Yeah, was... that's
1: very true. He's pretty much nailed you there. Yeah. yeah half
2: eaten yeah. sandwiches are completely unacceptable. That is, causes infestations. I won't even get into that. Anyway, I never thought I would be a tidy person. I am. So it's been interesting living with somebody who is not at the same standard or or sees the same mess. So this is a big thing, too. I think that there's two types of people, uh, naturally tidy, naturally untidy. The problem is through their eyes, that's how they see things. And you cannot punish a person for being who they are. Uh, the number one thing I would suggest in a maybe messy, tidy relationship Number one, just get yourself a cleaning person. Shut up. Just get a housekeeper. What's more important, the relationship or spending 20, 30 quid? Get a housekeeper once a month. That's what I did, and it eliminated all arguments about any cleaning. I didn't want to clean the toilet. He didn't want to clean the toilet. We got someone that will clean our toilets. So that's my number one thing. That's just a personal thing. If you can't afford that, I understand that. Now we get into things I think you should do. You need to make a list of all the things that absolutely drive you crazy, right? All the messy things that they do. Not so you can attack them about it, but so you can truly see what it is that is really setting you off. And then look at that list and go, what are the make or break it? What are the most important things that drive me crazy? And then you speak to them about that. But don't just come at them all, you're messy. Get specific and also manage your own expectations, okay? Not everyone has to meet a tidy person's standards. When I lived with a friend, this was the best thing ever. She One day, I had taken a shower. I left. next day, she came up to me, and she's like, so can I ask you um, the shower mat? So when you take a shower, you shower, and then the mat just stays on the floor? You just leave it on the floor? And I was like, well, yeah, that's always what I've done with a shower mat. And she's like, oh, I like to kind of, like, hang it over the tub so it dries off. And I was like... I will hang it then. And she's like, should we talk about the things that maybe really set us off? And I was like, yes, we had a full discussion. We lived together two years, no problems because we were very honest and we had give and take. So I really think you need to look at it that way, but you got to address it and speak to the person. See it from their perspective as well, right? Maybe they've got a lot of things going on in their life that cleaning up is the last thing on their mind. Maybe something's going on. Maybe work is crazy. Schedules are crazy. You got to take a step back and manage your own expectations i think you got to set a chore schedule when you're choosing the chores don't make it about equal make it about efficiency who's good at what who doesn't mind doing what and then designate the jobs from there get rid of excess stuff in your house look the more junk you got the more problems you're going to have with mess go through things start to get rid of clutter working with people rather than against them I'll tell you a personal story. My boyfriend leaves clothes everywhere. He leaves them everywhere. Everywhere. Socks everywhere. Underwear everywhere. I don't know why everywhere. I decided to leave a laundry basket at the foot of his bed. I thought, I'll leave it right there. Then that way it will just get in the laundry basket. That has never happened. But what has (laughs) happened, everyone is that at least all the dirty clothes stay on his side, hidden behind the bed, because he saw that I was making effort. So now he at least has made some effort to condense the mess, which brings me to my last point. Maybe you need to choose places for that person to make a mess in. Maybe they have a space and you have your space. That is all the advice I have in regards to living with a messy person. Alison, I think that is very good
1: advice. However, I do think that you are, Very optimistic about how pragmatic people are and also how patient the person is that is sick of the other person. Because usually by the time it's got to that point, they want to smother you in their sleep um, or in your sleep. If I leave my bag anywhere ever again, I think... I might not see another morning because I am that person that I go, hey, I'm back now. And Chloe will go, can you put your bag away? And I'm like, well, I will, but I've literally just walked in. So do you mind if I just put my bag down? And she's like, you never put your bag away. And I'm like, well, I've literally just walked through the door. Maybe you give me a second. And she would be like, well, please put your bag somewhere. Don't leave your bag on the table on the side by the door. Put your bag away. I'm like, could you get off my back about the bag? Okay, because all you do is wang on about the bag. Anyway two days later I haven't moved the bag so she has got a point no
2: (laughs) so the bag is probably one of the things that would be on her list oh the
1: bag (laughs) she wants to throttle me with my own bag in fact this morning I said shall I move my bag she goes well I'll tell you who's not going to move your bag I'm not going to move your bag and I was like oh okay I love it it's tricky isn't it sometimes I'm like oh come on Chloe just chill out and other days I'm like oh yeah I can totally see why she'd want to kill me I mean I would want to kill Maureen pretty much all day every day <laughs> I just have to go around her house and I'm like I cannot cope with whatever this is Jen would you like a cup of tea not without disinfecting it first okay let's have a look at the tea bag could I have a clean cup could I put the tea bag in the washing machine first then I will think about it
3: slightly exaggerate Bristol. I am exaggerating I mean you know people have got different levels haven't they yes certain things don't bother me like... you don't
2: see it that's what I mean and no, it's you not your fault it. whereas Jen's wife and me probably would see the same things I mean I see it I want you to know that I see it all but it doesn't really bother us <laughs> like I know it's bad when I think my flat's untidy no it bothers me I thought the decluttering was a particularly good piece of advice though. I read that in a few things and I was like actually the less crap you have the less chance you have for mess I agree
1: Maureen, even you got to the point where you're like, I should get rid of a few things. And Maureen, to her credit, was very proactive about doing this. Maureen said to me, I get rid of one thing every day. And then proceeded to go to a bookshop and buy 28 books. (laughs) And I said, I don't know if this is working, Maureen.
3: I know. I keep saying I'm not going to buy any more books and then I just... Alison,
1: some advice for you. If you ever find yourself going out for a coffee with Maureen and she says, oh, can we just pop into a bookshop? Just go, I'll see you later. later. <laughs> and just walk away. There's not enough time in the world for you to be standing around waiting for Maureen to pick a book.
2: I'll be like, I'm going to go shop for makeup. You go to a bookstore. Sure. Alison and I will go and have a coffee.
1: No, actually, we're going to go
2: and have a cocktail and we'll, we'll see have a you in a few hours. For sure. <laughs> porn star martinis. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the first drink I want to have with you guys when we all get together. So. Oh, when things vaguely get back to normal. Leanne, have you had a porn star martini? Of course, Leanne has. Of course she has. Look at her. She looks
1: like the kind of woman that knows about martinis, shake and not stare. And
2: porn stars? I don't know. I'm kidding.
1: Jenna Jameson? That's the only one I know. I mean, are there porn stars now?
2: Yeah. I thought all
1: that went with Pornhub.
2: Oh, you're right. Maybe there isn't. I don't know why we're talking about this, but I imagine there's a hardcore fan (laughs) that wants to support their favorite live performer. Do porn stars have Patreon?
3: Yeah, Patreon. Do you like my titties? Donate five pounds to my Patreon. I kind of watched a semi, what do you call it, a soft porn movie with my mum once. That was a big mistake. Oh, God. Whoa, 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 whoa. All right, I'm out. It wasn't that bad. It was on TV, very soft. But what was really annoying was they were naked and then they were going to go up the stairs and the guy couldn't wait. So he basically pushed the woman against the banisters. Had his way. They started having sex. My mum just nudged me, went, he's taking her from behind, you know. Like, I didn't know what was going on. (laughs) I
1: want to know the logistics of being taken from behind on a banister. (laughs) I sometimes think in real life, this is what annoys me, sometimes in these sex scenes, you see these women and they're just like in the most uncomfortable situation. They're being rammed over a banister. They've been like, you know, jackknifed over a car or whatever it is. (laughs) And I just think... At no point did the women go, do you know what, love? This is killing my back. And then you're <laughs> pounding away. Can we just nip to the bedroom and finish it off there? Nobody ever says that. They're like, ah, this is incredible.
2: The one that drives me crazy? Shower sex. Go F yourself. Okay? I mean that literally because I'm not <laughs> Fing you in the shower. Every time I see a shower scene, I'm like, absolutely not. A, you can't have sex standing in a shower. It's too slippery, huh? Exactly, slipping. All I can see is someone slipping and someone banging their head on the tap. (laughs) All I see is trouble. There's nothing erotic unless you're like, this is how I want to go, and I don't know. (laughs) This is how I want to die. Okay, Um, this is it. This is it. Surely, if you're
1: leaning against a wall, and say you place your hands firmly against the wall, it sounds romantic already. I mean, it's very romantic, and you're like, okay. And they they say, right, are you feeling sturdy? And you're like,
2: yep, I've got the... No, of- there's no warning. There's no, are you feeling sturdy? Are you ready? Are you, are you ready for it? I don't know what happens. I'd be like, I may have put on a few pounds, but you didn't have to bring it up. It's lockdown. Okay, I ate a lot of bread.
1: Looking sturdy, love. Do you mind? <laughs> I'm feeling quite self-conscious. <laughs> right. I don't know how we got into that. So that was great advice, Alison. Thanks. Thanks a lot. How we got from that to porn stars to being (laughs) taken from behind in the shower, I don't know. I love it. I'm into it. I guess that's what this podcast is about.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.
1: What is the show called? Oh, yeah, I've got it. We've been talking bollocks. Yeah. Okay. Is everyone happy with that? (laughs) So, where are we? What are we doing? Who am I? Who are you? Why are we here? Maureen, what have you
3: been watching on televisione? Well, as it turns out, I've been watching with the Brister. We've been watching, I'm not sure I got the name right, Harry, no, Harry Giri Haji. Giri Haji? Or Haji Harry Giri
1: Have you seen Harry Giri? He's a lovely fella. He's a real <laughs> geezer and he's sort of the earth. Giri Haji, which is, uh, Giri was Haji. on BBC,
3: it's now on Netflix. It's set in Japan, Tokyo, and London, and it's excellent. Don't you, don't you think, James? Yes, was... Giri
1: Haji Japanese and it translates to duty, shame. That's what it is. And it is fantastico. I'm really thoroughly enjoying it. Maureen and I have watched three episodes. I like all the characters in it. There's a Will Sharp who wrote Flowers. He's in it as a very camp uh, rent boy and he's fantastic in it. But the whole cast are brilliant in it. Um, Kelly McDonald's in it. And these Japanese actors, Takahiro Hira and... Absolutely phenomenal acting, and the storyline is great. We haven't got to the end. I know Leanne's watched all of it, so when we said we'd been watching it, Leanne was like, Good times. Do you
3: know what somebody said to me? She goes, They're really jealous that we haven't watched it all and we've still got it to watch. They loved it so much. So, what is it exactly? What is it? It's a crime drama. It's very well plotted. It's basically there's the gangsters in Japan, in Tokyo, are fighting each other, and there's a cop. It's been sent to London to try and track this gangster who happens to be his younger brother. Okay. It all kicks off.
1: So it's got like a Japanese and a British cast set in Tokyo and London. And anyway, it is absolutely brilliant. And Ruin and I are loving it. Yeah. So that's what we've been watching. I can highly recommend it. Alison, what's going on with the horror movie world?
2: Okay. Well, as always, I like to choose a horror movie that kind of goes along with the problem. So this week, I would like to recommend a classic yet again, The original Poltergeist, because this house is clean. Yeah, Yeah, I haven't seen that for a long time. Never seen it. Maureen, you've never seen Poltergeist? To me, it's a classic, Maureen. It's a
3: classic. Is it in a foreign language? No. No.
2: But to be fair,
1: neither is a Sweeney, and you've been watching that <laughs> for seemingly ages.
3: They did do a bit of cockney rhyming slang
2: in it. Yeah. It is a classic. It's a real good one.
1: They've done loads, haven't they? Poltergeist 1, 2, and yeah. 3. Yeah, and... but, you know,
2: the other ones are fine. If you like it, great, keep going. But to me, uh, all horror movies, if there's, like, trilogy or a whole bunch, you start with the first. Usually the second is a piece of garbage. Third, you get back on track. Like Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Warriors, the third one, is the best out of all of them. I'm getting political now. I'm sure we're going to have tons of fans that argue with me about this fact. But
1: Just looking at the poltergeist Wikipedia page, because I just wanted to ask you a question yeah. about the movie. Okay. Is this the film that has some weird, it, it got really like... Um, things were happening on set and whatnot? Yeah, things happened on set and then loads of bad things happened to cast members or people that worked on the movie. Yes. Like it had a lot of bad luck surrounding yes. the film. That's what I wanted yes. to say, but I was really struggling to find the right words. So what's the
2: deal with that? I believe the theory was, you've just Googled so you probably have the facts, but I believe... I don't, I don't. In the movie, the houses, these houses are built on what turns out to be First Nation burial grounds. And I think they actually used real skeletons. Oh, my
1: goodness. No way. That can't be right. That is
2: one of the theories. Or there might have been skeletal remains there. Or anyway, uh, but that was one theory that I remember reading about. Okay, it says
1: the poltergeist curse. Yeah. And it is that... um, a rumoured curse is actually the Poltergeist trilogy and its crew derived from the deaths of two young cast members in the six years between the releases of the first yeah. and the third films. And I think that's what it is. Anyway, Poltergeist is the first one is the one to watch. Yes.
2: Little girl in front of the TV, very iconic, hands up. They're here. Oh, yes, I remember that. Do you know what? I remember
1: seeing a they're clip here. of that when I was really young. Maybe when I was like about 10. I'm being terrified. And I didn't see anything, just a little girl going, they're here. And I was like, ah, nightmares for death. Days. Nightmares for days. Mm-hmm. Kids in psychological thrillers or horror films are the creepiest, aren't they? I mean, The Ring. Oh, my God. The girl comes out of the TV.
2: It's like, come on.
1: With the hair in front of her face.
2: Watch the first Children of the Corn. You'll. N- Children of the Corn was when I was like, I just want to have kids. Like, I kind of knew beforehand I wasn't going to. And then I watched Children of the Corn. And I was like... Yeah, they can turn into a lot of trouble. I'm probably not even a.
3: What's that one where there's a little girl in a red coat and they're in Venice and it's got Donald Sutherland in it? Oh, that's...
2: um, Oh! And their daughter
3: drowns, doesn't she? Yeah. Julie Christie. That's a great film, but I can't remember what it's called. There is the longest sex scene in that. Yes, and really realistic. I mean... Oh, my
1: God. And I watched that with my mum and I thought this could be a bit shorter.
2: I don't need to see Donald Sutherland doing any of this right Uh, now.
1: I mean, listen, nothing against Donald Sutherland, I'm sure. I mean, I'm, I'm not the person to start saying whether a man is attractive or not but i was not happy about that pairing at all donald sutherland and julie christie oh
3: no. don't look now I just googled it don't look now that is such a great movie yeah yeah yeah. don't look now it is a great movie it is a great movie but yeah showed more than normal because normally in the 70s like men always seem to wear their underpants in bed i don't know if you noticed that in sex scenes the woman would be naked but the bloke would come out in his undies or
1: when a woman has sex with a guy just when she's going to get up to go to the toilet she just wraps a sheet around her it's like, why are you wrapping a sheet around you? Do, yeah. Have you ever gone to, I'm just going to go for a piss. Hang on, let me just put this toga around me. And then I'll just unravel the toga to have a wee. You'd be like, I'm just going to go
2: for a piss and I'll get up and go for it. The- I'd probably like trip on the duvet, hit my head on the door, knock myself out. Wake up in the hospital in the duvet. Uh. <laughs> uh, so poltergeist. Alison, I'm loving this particular
1: suggestion is a banger. And uh, what was last week's? I've forgotten And then we had Pet Symmetry before that I mean, you're just You're banging them out You're banging them You're banging out all the classics Yeah Thank
2: you I'm choosing some classics You know I will bring people into some cheesy ones But I want people to trust me I'm trying to build trust right now
1: Alison, you're doing a blinking good job
2: And now it's going to be Maureen's
1: cultural caller Uh I haven't started it, Maureen Hello I'm, I'm going to start that again It's time for
2: Maureen's cultural. Girl. I've sort of lost. We are got. No, we are oh, got, got into, into that one. Not Even Maureen it. danced around for that
3: one. Right. So um, basically, we're going to just talk about book club. My sister, The Serial Killer. Can I just say we may pronounce names wrongly, so just in case. But it's by Onyonkin Braithwaite. And what? Did,
2: what was your impression, Alison? Well, I listened to it on audiobooks, and um, I loved it. I I loved it. I loved the story. I loved the uh, relationship between the sisters and then the one sister and the man she loves and you know what's about to happen, it's inevitable and and just waiting to see what unfolds. I I really enjoyed it. I really did. And because also I told you, I have what I call a little bit of a, a chubby chip on my shoulder. So, it's a dynamic between a pretty sister and the, the sister that may not be deemed so physically aesthetically beautiful and Just the way their lives are and and how they're treated, you know. Again, I was like, yeah, the world's not fair. Those pretty people get away. So, you know, just stop you there.
1: We've had several episodes of you, Alison, saying, quite, I think untrue things about yourself you're a hot piece of ass lady and i don't want to hear another thing about well,
2: it well look i appreciate that
3: that is true but it's how you perceive yourself and how other people perceive you Boom. and i think this book makes it clear you know this one sister is absolutely stunning so all that people see is this stunning they don't see her personality and you've got the other sister who's a very nice and she's not unattractive there's nothing about unattractive she's not just... unattractive but she's not stunning yeah. like a sister so like people don't even see her It's also dealing with parents, like, you know, how their parents influence. There's a great line where, I think it's quoting Jim Morrison, where it's like how your parents kind of kill what you're supposed to be, in a way. You know, and I chose it because I thought, even for people who don't normally like books, this is the type of book that you would read. There's someone in our book club, we've got a book club on Facebook, WTB Book Club. They read it in one go. It's a very quick read. It's it's a very clever idea. Yeah. It's a great hook. Got very dry humour in it. I think it's a, such a great piece of writing.
2: And about a female killer, let's just get into the killer aspect of it. It's just interesting again to be like, a serial killer story. Like... I think a lot of different people could enjoy some aspect, one trail of the story. I loved it. Yeah. And there's also the thing about social media
3: because she's gutted because she's killed her boyfriend. (gasps) And her sister's saying, you can't put stuff on social media. You're meant to be in mourning. And that's what's bothered her more, not killing somebody. It's like the fact she can't put
2: anything up on Instagram. Well, how long do I have to be in mourning for? It's like, wow. (laughs) And it's so like the Instagram world, like she just needed to be on Instagram. Which, again, statement, yes, in today's society, look at what you see. of Smoke and Mirrors. That's what I'm looking for. Smoke and Mirrors. So, Joe, when you do get a chance, because I know you're really busy, I think you will really enjoy yeah. that book.
1: I have bought the book and I have every intention of reading it. The
2: woman who read it on audiobooks, too, might I, I say. I was going to ask you who that was. What a beautiful voice. I think that's what was nice, too, because it was whenever I had a second, I kind of got story time for an adult. Like, I got to sit down and have a listen, or if I was doing something, I could get lost in the story world. It was kind of nice. I was like, the Audiobooks Man. are fantastic. Yeah,
1: I listen to loads of podcasts and loads of audio because then I can listen to them while I'm cooking or when I'm driving yes. or whatever. It's much harder for me to make time to read. I mean, I was never into audiobooks before the children arrived, but now I'm like an audiobook queen. I'm totally into it and I can
3: highly recommend you Are you still it. consuming the literature? So yes, yeah, absolutely. And the
2: next book is by
3: Maggie O'Farrell called The Vanishing Act of Esme Lennox
2: and you'll be happy to know I've already downloaded it onto audiobooks I'm ready to go Maureen hey well
3: done so basically the Lennox family are having uh, problems trouble with their youngest daughter she's unspoken unconventional and repeatedly embarrasses them in polite society and something has to be done this is in the 1930s in Edinburgh and then we find out what happens to her thanks to a, a young woman years later called Iris Lockett receives a letter informing her that she's a great aunt in a psychiatric unit who is about to be released. And the reason I chose this book is it's very well written as well but also because, you know, we are kind of outspoken women and, and we forget that it's just a generation, a generation before us. None of us will be doing what we're doing now. Like my mother grew up working class Dundee so she worked in a jute mill and she got married. That was her options and I think we forget that the, the, the kind of things that we think is a right, you know, the way we live our lives, is actually it's just a very recent occurrence. And it, it's really frightening how women were treated until just very recently. And I I get really annoyed when you hear women say, I'm not a feminist. And you think, well, you are, because you enjoy all the rights that feminism has allowed you to enjoy. Has afforded
1: you, yes. I'm not a feminist, but I will sit on the back of feminists who have made sacrifices (laughs) for me to enjoy all of these liberties and freedoms and agency.
3: Yeah, exactly. Good for you,
2: sister. If
3: you vote, you're a feminist. Probably women alive still who, you know, they couldn't get a job. if They lost their job if they got married. They lost a the job if they got pregnant. They couldn't get a job unless the husband signed for it. They couldn't get money out of the bank until their husband signed for it. These things didn't happen that long ago. So, um, yeah, it's a, but it's a re- great story, so I think you'll enjoy it. Great,
1: great recommendation, Maureen. As you know, I have both of these books and I will be consuming them in one way or another, even if it is just to set them on fire. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. I will 100% will be reading them. What I'll do is I'll read My Sister the Serial Killer and I'll just crowbar it into... Podcast,
2: probably.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, who'd want to be a Kardashian? That just seems grim. Can we stand by that, everyone? <laughs> I suppose it's now time for my goat. What's got your goat, Jen? I'll tell you what's got my goat. <laughs> Friends visiting. <laughs> I'll te- I tell-, I tell you what's got my goat. I kind of resent having to wear makeup, even if it was for a day. I just realised it's um, it's not for me. And even though I now have 120 quids worth of makeup, I resent the very idea that I would ever wear it again. I, I don't like how it feels on my face. I don't particularly like how I look. I, I don't get it. I don't want it. I don't like it. And I think let's just knock it on the head. And, you know, Chloe's always saying things she wears makeup most days and only really since the children are born is closed decided she's not going to wear makeup every day and there are days where she goes well I haven't worn makeup all day and I genuinely don't notice the difference (laughs) I have bright red lipstick and I wear eye makeup and I wear foundation and I'm like well (laughs) this Lesa didn't notice I don't know what to tell you (laughs) It's that bad. I mean, maybe that's a bad thing. i noticed if she gets a haircut or she has a new top on, but genuinely with with the makeup, I think what it is, is I don't think, oh, that's a marked improvement because you're wearing makeup. That's a personal thing. But maybe I realise I'm in the minority and I also realise that makeup is about self-esteem and confidence. It's about how it makes you as the individual feel. And so I am 100% behind all of that, but it's just not for me. And I think the reason why I don't is because I'm clearly an egomaniac and I... (laughs) The
3: thing is, Jen, the really annoying thing about you is you just put some lip gloss on and you look great. Oh, you've got good skin, good bone
2: structure. Yeah. It's really irritating. Well, I mean,
1: although I've got... What's that? That looks like somebody else's head is growing out my forehead (laughs) and... uh, That's from the bloody makeup is what that's from. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) What's going on there? Zits in your... I mean, I had them the entire way through my adolescence. I'll tell you what's worse. Skin tags just the sound of skin tags, Maureen. There are certain words I don't like, and I've realised tag is one of them. When you put skin in front of it. (laughs) (laughs) I really wish we hadn't brought this up. Is this how we're ending the podcast, on skin tags? (laughs) Well, ladies, as always, this has been an absolute delight. I've enjoyed every millisecond. There's just always a delay with you two. When I say something like that and there's like a delay. In fact, Maureen hasn't even said I anything. I have as well. I do every week. I'm oh, like, <laughs> right, well, do
2: you know what? Forget it. So I was considering my reply. There's no consider. We've, we're wrapping this shit up, Maureen. We gotta all go have sex in the shower. Let's get, like, we gotta go. Well, I don't know about
1: you, but I am feeling sturdy. <laughs> I think we can end it there. <laughs> Women talking bollocks
2: if you enjoyed today's episode then
1: why not subscribe wherever you get your podcasts like us
3: leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones particularly mine and you can also follow us on facebook and on twitter it's wtb underscore podcast leave a nice comment if you didn't really enjoy the show then don't leave a comment just tell somebody you don't like very much to listen to the next one and then we all win